Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Middle call! Hey, hey! Hi, welcome. I'm Guy, that's John. This is Haber Middle Middle Call. Uh, John, we should take a moment. We always mention YouTube first, and I guess now I'm mentioning YouTube. If you're watching the YouTube, uh, subscribe, like the video, all that. If you're listening to the podcast, we got a YouTube. If you're watching the YouTube, we've got a podcast. Um, but what I was going to say, Milkoff, is uh, I think we should welcome our new listeners on the podcast. <laughs> because uh, we've been checking the numbers, and there are clearly new listeners on the podcast. So if you're new to the show pod or youtube there's new people everywhere but the pod uh thank you it's great to have you there it could have just been they've always been there and they just really come out when the niners win four or five straight games you know it's it's hard to tell uh but yeah we appreciate everyone listening share with your friends share with your enemies share with your people and uh we've always believed you were somewhere out there we just we're trying to find you slowly but surely uh we should start today's show john with, I mean, num- number one 49er podcast probably in America. So, is this but right, right, we talk about podcast. Yeah, man, we 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 dabble with the we give the Raiders their love too. Mark, Mark Davis's girlfriend, you know, the girl they took to the game. Yeah, uh, I, I saw on Twitter.com that they found out who it was, and I clicked her Instagram, and she, you know, she's a she's I was gonna say a, she's a ballerina. Oh, go ahead and send that link over legitimately she dances yeah. like in in uh as a ballerina she's very wow. very talented from wow. the videos i saw and uh yeah tall uh good good i mean who knows maybe they're just friends you said girlfriend you know girlfriend i mean they're friends clearly i don't know if they're okay. dating no pictures of mark uh you know 200k plus followers i didn't see any pictures of old mark davis on the instagram gotcha. so uh the ig official not a official, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe she just wanted to go, you know, see Derek Carr. Not uh, like that. I just mean to like no, see him play mean. football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some would call it a Coach Prime pod. Some some have called it that. Coach Prime pod. A Coach Prime pod. Yeah. Doesn't he He's, have his own podcast? Spirit. Does he? Well off media. Yeah. Uh, I did see this. He tweeted, I keep seeing people say I'm blessed to receive an offer from CU football. I'm cool with that. But it, but but if you know what I know, you need to start saying I'm blessed to commit to CU football because they're coming, baby. Get in now before it's too late. Hashtag Coach Prime. I ain't hard to find. Did someone say that 200 plus people reached out to him over the last 24 hours in the transfer portal. Did you see a stat like yeah, that? Yeah, I did see something like that. Yeah. Which... There's a thousand plus people in the in the portal, right? Well, like if I told you how many people have just reached out to Lincoln Riley over the last forty eight hours, right? Or Nick or Nick Saban. Yeah. Even though I saw a lot of Alabama guys are in the portal. I saw uh Arizona State's best offensive lineman just went to Michigan. Did you see who ASU hired as its OC? Bo Baldwin from Cal Poly. Did you see Paul we just Wolf? Had, 
is taking over Cal Poly. You know, he went to high school, don't you? Davis High. He, he was. Our, he I, I was a little confused. Player. He had been the O-line coach for Bobo. Yeah, he'd been so was, And he had, I Googled it, had some success before he went to Washington State at Eastern Washington. Yeah. Who I were Bo Baldwin or Paul or both. Paul was the Eastern Washington coach before Bo Baldwin, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Played there. Uh no, he played at Washington State, but then he he kind of cut his teeth as a coach, assistant coach at Eastern Washington, then became the head coach, had a lot of success, then went to Washington State and did not. Gotcha. He though opened the door for Mike Leach to come. Right. Without Bo Baldwin That's sucking right. so bad. They wouldn't have gone all in on Mike Leach and then had kind of resurrected the uh, the program. Paul Wolf Paul Wolf was the one it was. Yeah, terrible. I mean, I think won like seven games in four and a half it years. It was not good. Yeah, it was not good. Um, I actually have a, a, a Derek Carr Jimmy Garoppolo comparison I want to run by you because there's been a lot of heat over the last few days. People have pointed out that you know we gave the Raiders a lot of criticism for taking Derek Carr off in the front of the cart after he broke his ankle. And that Jimmy Garoppolo was taken off in the front of the cart after he broke his foot. And I, I I have some photos I want to compare coming up. But before we get to that, John, let's tell the people that we are brought to you by our wonderful friends at Tito's. Tito's, Tito's handmade vodka. Tito's is where it's at, John. Whether it's a Tito's and water, maybe you want to spice it up with a little ginger beer. Tito's straight up, just a little sip by itself on the rocks, perhaps. Tito's works with it all. And what you're getting with Tito's is number one. The double gold unanimous choice, judges, award-winning, chairman trophy, world's best vodka tonic. It's all there. Yeah, I, I had to take a week off from drinking. I had a bad, a uh, you know, head cold, just congestion, just what wasn't feeling my best for uh, last week. And last night on a walk by some restaurants, I just looked in and I could just, I could just see the Tito potential in there. And I was like, you know, I, I just need to go in there. I making dinner a little bit later, but I was like, I, I could just go eat dinner right now and go have some cocktails and, and do what Tito beverage wants us to do. And that's have a Tito water and a lemon. And it's just that, that drink. That's adding, a good way to recover. Actually, you need your H2O, but you also need your Tito's Tito's, Tito's water and a lemon for, for sure. Makes you feel good. You know, lemon's good. Lemon's good. Little apple cider, warm that sucker up, put a little ginger beer in it, put a little Tito's, uh, whatever you want, you go into a gathering, you're going to a get together, bring some Tito's. You will be received with hugs and love. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. And um, I can't tell you how many people say people I know, people I don't know, bring up Tito's first thing when they see me. I, I, it happens all the time. I'm sure it happens all the time to you. Um, uh, uh, there's something else I was going to add. Hmm. Where's my head at on that? Tito's, obviously. It's great. Yeah. I don't know. Take it, take it to uh, celebrations and uh you'll be loved. Agreed. Oh, I know what I was gonna say. Uh keep DMing us photos of you enjoying Tito's or tagging us in photos. We appreciate that. And Tito's appreciates that. Also brought to you by our friends at manscaped.com. Promo code <clears throat> ham in the number one. I made a mistake the other day. If you tried ham, it didn't work. Ham number one. Ham number one. Promo code ham number one. It gets you the 20% off and the free shipping. It gets us the credit. We appreciate it very much. It can be for you. It can be a gift. They got so much there. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham in the number one. Yeah, very easy. Go to manscaped.com and Hanukkah, not far away. Christmas, Christmas Eve, not far away. Uh, th this is a time to give. And listen, th the older you get, sometimes it's hard. You know, your parents, uh, you know, once you get our age and, and even older, like, what are you going to get? Like your brother or, you know, a guy that you see it maybe might be a cousin this is such an easy gift 
and you use the promo code ham and the number one, you get obviously 20% off free shipping. But it's just like every older man needs a good ball trimmer and a nose hair trimmer. And I'm telling you, there have been a lot of ball trimmers over the years. We, we've well established that Lawnmower 4.0 is the best. I have never in my life. Now, I think as you get older, your nose hairs, maybe they grow. Uh, but that, that yeah. is something I, don't, I wouldn't even know where uh, yeah. to find that. <laughs> so the, 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 the weed whacker, I, I just can't stress how awesome it is, how easy it is to use. And just it's all I mean, I used it the other day and it was like and it, it just cleared me out. And, yeah. and I had no stragglers hanging down to my lip. You got the uh, the skin safe technology, the rotary dual edge blade on the weed whacker, plus the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, also has the proprietary advanced skin safe technology. And there's all kinds of additional shaving, shower routine stuff, the body wash, the premium shampoo and conditioner, two in one. So uh, aluminum free, ultra premium deodorant. It's all there. Great gifts. Great for yourself. Ask for it. Someone's like, hey, what do you want? Tell them manscaped.com. Ham one. Actually, let me buy it. Actually, just let me buy it. I'll use ham one. Uh, they can use ham one too. 20% off free shipping. There you go. Appreciate it. Get it. So, uh, Everybody, John, in the football world can remember when Derek Carr was carted off in the front of a not a golf cart. This is like a equipment truck, right? And they put him in the front. For those of you who can't see this photo, the front is like those old school buses that were flat in the front. So there's no room. You know, if you're over five, five getting in that thing, there is zero room. Now, there is a bed in the back where somebody else rode. Yeah. And, and remember, his ankle was pointing Dak Prescott style the other way. Trey Lance style, right? The ankle was pointing the other way. This vehicle that they're in, we'll call it a vehicle. There's a decent chance this was around with uh, Vita Blue, Reggie Jackson, and, and Raleigh Fingers. I mean, yes. th- 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 this thing has been... Th- th- this is not like Mark Davis's purchase. This has been at the Coliseum since fucking John Madden was at the sidelines and Vita Blue was shoving eight innings, no hits, you know, 12 Ks. I mean, that's that thing has been there a long time. Every once in a while it breaks down. You got to give it a charge. You, you can already tell, like, it doesn't just the key go in. It's a, one of those where it's a specific, like you do a key jiggle and you kick the left thing and then it starts. You know, it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wheel is is vertical, basically. I don't know if you can tell that the wheel definitely does not have power I mean, steering. You can't convince me that when John Madden was with the Raiders, Vita Blue with the A's, and Oakland was on top of the professional sports world in the mid-70s, this thing was not on the sideline. That was on the sideline, yeah. And that's where they put Derek in, with, with no room. So people said, hey, 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 where's the criticism for the 49ers, who also put Jimmy not in the back in the bed, but in the front, well, I've done an investigation, John, and what my investigation concluded is that the cart that the Niners use is more conducive to foot injuries. Look, Jimmy is sitting, again, if, if you are watching, you can see this. Jimmy is sitting much further back. He has plenty of room to stick his leg out. He's got his leg elevated on the seat, and he is, he, he there's not a seat there, actually. It's a, it's a fully flat bed for the passenger. The only person who has a chair is the driver and the person behind the driver. But the right side, where Jimmy Garoppolo, the passenger side, is sitting, anybody, whether you you could be four feet tall or seven feet tall, and you could fit right there with your leg elevated, uh, and that's what Garoppolo has here. So this is not anywhere close to what the Raiders subjected. OSHA should have been involved for Derek Carr. I don't know what the Raiders Association was. 
All right. There should have been the state of Gavin. This, I, I'm surprised he didn't jump all over that sucker. That's tailor made for him. Uh, I, nobody was involved in defending Derek. Well, luckily, Jimmy needs no defense here. They didn't put him in Vita Blue's golf cart. So different situation, John. Different situation. G- Gavin would never enter the Coliseum. Too dirty. Too gross. You know, he, he probably he might have been at this game. But they owed some money to the state that he would have been after. You know, that that's true. But Mark didn't overpaid, so they're they're good crazes. <laughs> you know, I, I like how the doctor sitting Indian style right behind Jimmy, just in case anything goes wrong, he's ready to pounce and help. Uh, you're right. That's an interesting cart. No front seat, just full on. You could lay a guy out. A guy can sit like Jimmy. Yeah. Looking at that, you know, now that's a pretty bad sign after one drive, right? For starting quarterback to look like that. Yeah, terrible sign. Because <laughs> remember, when Derek shattered his ankle, also I think Christmas Eve day against the Colts, might have been on Christmas, he had already thrown three touchdowns. There was gaining momentum down the, the MVP mountain mm. that the car avalanche was going to win the award. Like he had a chance. <clears throat> you know, and then he kind of like the, the year that um, Carson got hurt. Wentz, he got hurt in that Rams game, broke, broke his leg or whatever it was. Torn ACL. He was having an incredible year. Like he was an MVP candidate uh, that year. So um, on the stream, Spy asked, WTF are you talking about and why? That's exactly right. We are talking about something nobody else would talk about. Good thing is, Spy, it's our show, and we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) All right, now here's what we're going to talk about, John. The Rams have claimed Baker Mayfield. They were, what did we say, third? Third or fourth in the uh, draft order? Fourth, I think. Fourth in the the waiver order, I should say. Not in the draft order. (laughs) That's the Lions. And, um, And they claim Baker Mayfield. The Rams play Thursday Night Football. Against the Raiders, I don't think Baker can get ready by Thursday, although you'd all, you know, who wouldn't love to see it? But he's not going to be a Niner or a Seahawk. It'd be tough. Uh, You know, this to me makes a lot of sense. I think you and I on the show yesterday, this is the one I started talking myself into this with Stafford on IR. And I think with questions about Stafford's future, this is just an easy tryout for the Rams, especially when you factor in the amount of money. they have, they're going to have a hard time acquiring players, whether it be quarterback or whether it be any other position, given they have no draft picks. All their older players are tied financially. I actually think this is the right move if you're Sean McVay. And as you said, you just need something to keep you engaged. One, Sean. Sean needs something. <clears throat> Sean McVay. Yeah. Two, part of having Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, LaFleur, Kevin O'Connell, like uh, Cliff Kingsbury, if I hire an offensive coach that then is going to be calling the plays – and I find myself in a situation like this. I, th- to me, this is a it's, the discussion wouldn't even be long. Like, let's bring this guy in and get work with him. I mean, I, I especially I would assume. I think it's fair to say Baker coming out of Oklahoma was liked by all the Shanahan guys, right? He was rel- he was mobile enough to do the Jimmy, you know, naked nudes and boots, and he was really accurate. Like he was, I was very bullish on him. I mean, he was dramatically does not discourage them. No. He was very, very accurate in college, which clearly hasn't been the case in the pros. But like if you're Sean, again, it, it costs you nothing. You literally just claim him. Yeah, and, I mean, cost him one three, basically, I think is what the number is. So, yeah. But I mean, from from their standpoint, like Stan, it doesn't cost like them draft pick or, you know, they're not going to lose compensation in the whatever it's the, you know, the compensatory pit. You just mm-hmm. just fucking take them and. 
honestly, if you're Baker, I would be pretty excited about this. One, he might like me to either keep me just to be Stafford's backup and resurrect my career, or who knows? Like, I, I am not sold on Matt Stafford just continuing. To, like, he just got two concussions in like three weeks, and his elbow's all fucked up. Like, you would say this year makes you question just the future of Matt Stafford, a guy that just took a pounding very quickly and just felt like he was falling apart. Yeah. Um, I think he might be on the team again next year, right? Several times in Sean McVay's career, he has needed a backup quarterback, whether it was the playoff run at the end of Goff's run with him. Uh, This year, he certainly could have used one. I wonder if he had a backup he liked more if he would have gone to him sooner. Remember, there were you talk about the concussions, but bef- wasn't it the beginning of the season there were stories about um, the fitness of Matthew Stafford's elbow? So it's not like Stafford just suddenly got hurt at the end of the year. He's been beat up. I think the he whole season. Remember, he couldn't practice in training yeah. camp. It's been a season, the whole issues, uh, an issue the whole season. So um, I don't think there's any question that uh, if you're Baker, you're looking at this like, I'm going to be on my best behavior. I'm going to try really hard. I think in ideal world for Baker, he's not like some random team starter next year, although that would be his ideal because you get paid well. I think the best thing for his career is to be the Rams backup in 2023. And who knows? Like you said, maybe you end up as the starting quarterback. But uh, he's been on the Browns who say what you want. You know, everyone bought a lot of uh, uh, Kevin Stefanski stock. They're not great. He played for Freddie Kitchens. I mean, he's been through the ringer. He played for Matt Rule and the Panthers. You know, if he could, if you, if you guarantee, if, if I was his advisor and you guaranteed me next year, you're not going to be the starter. Stafford is going to come back, but you can just have a normal year on Sean McVay's team. I think that Baker Mayfield in in the interest of revitalizing or giving himself a chance, if he wants a chance at resurrecting his career, I think he's got to do that. Totally agree. And I I would expect him to be, be on the Rams. Uh, assuming this goes well, I mean, it, it might not, right? I mean, and if it doesn't go well, he's in major, his career's in major trouble. Like if Sean McVay's not a fan after this, he's in major trouble. Even if Stafford returns, doesn't retire, not that he said that. I'm again, I'm kind of putting some pieces of the puzzle together. I, I think there's a chance that he gets offseason elbow surgery. Yeah. And so you get to just run the team in the spring with Sean, right? And Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. It's just like that, that would be, give you an opportunity to just kind of get in the good graces that if Matt Stafford gets injured a lot in his career, that boom, you're ready to roll. Because the one thing you know about the Rams is like, they're not, they're going to try to win next year. Like all these guys are coming back unless they all retire. So I, uh, to me, this is, was the no brainer of no brainers when your season sucks, when your quarterback's on injured reserve and the guy's so cheap. 49ers don't really miss out if you missed our conversation. We did a special Baker show on Monday if you missed that. This was our conclusion, is that the 49ers don't make sense for him. And Kyle said that yesterday, that he he couldn't foresee. I, I think he was using the proper like industry language. Like I'm not just going to tell everyone we're not going to do it, but I'm not going to admit that we're going to do it. But he he leaned on the side of, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who else put in a claim, right? As of as we're doing this on Tuesday afternoon, we don't know who, if anyone else put a claim in on him. Part of Michael Lombardi told a story on his podcast that, you know, and this happens throughout the season, right? The Niners do it. Every team does it. You work guys out just to 
check on guys fitness just to you're just constantly running workouts some of it's throwing agents a bone because when you work guys out during the season it automatically goes up on the waiver wire so it just alerts the team like damn they worked out three quarterbacks they had scheduled three quarterback workouts uh the day uh the week after tom brady tore his acl in 2018 or 2008 excuse me so they had workouts scheduled for like that monday or tuesday and the moment Tom tears ACL and then Matt Castle comes in, it's a little different circumstance. They immediately canceled those. Not because they didn't want to still do their due diligence, but because they didn't want it out there like, well, they're already working out quarterbacks for Matt Castle. They wanted to show everyone Matt Castle's our guy. And I do think there's an element of that with Purdy. That, mm-hmm. that was my belief of just this is just the part of the season you're in. I think you might approach it differently in September, but given that you're eight and four part of the, you know, showing signs of belief, not even just in Purdy, but the other guys. Like, I know everyone kind of believes. It's not fake belief. Let's just prove it all. And I pretty quickly, a bunch of other guys on the team made it pretty, I guess, just one because he talked Ayuk. But, like, I, I don't think this was a team beating down the door that needed some other guy. No, Fred, remember, you told me that. You showed me the clip of Fred Warner saying, well, he'll be fine. He's been playing against the number one defense for 13 weeks. Uh said that about about Brock Purdy and I do think there's probably a calculation he he did throw two red zone touchdowns that's something Jimmy struggles with (laughs) yeah uh we'll see takes a long long he's got he's got more games to throw red zone touchdowns keep it up um there's a lot there's a lot of promise Uh, the one thing I was going to say though is I I do also wonder even if even if like is there a world where you put in a claim if it's anonymous but you don't put in a claim when you're whatever the Niners are 24th in the claim order. And it's not anonymous where you're like, we're not going to get them. And why even to your point, even send the signal to anybody that we tried because Jeremy, someone in the chat just alluded, just uh, alerted us, not alluded. People use alluded wrong all the time. Just alerted us that um, Jeremy Fowler said the Rams are believed to be the only team who put a, put in a claim on Baker. Makes sense. Yeah. Alluded means you hinted at something. People use it all the time. Like it'd be like if I said, uh, John sweatshirt's blue. And then someone's like, you know, guys, you just alluded to John sweatshirt's blue. It's like, no, I no, I didn't allude to it. I said it. I said his sweatshirt. People use love using alluded incorrectly, constantly. It drives me insane. People are using a lot of things all the time, whether it's <laughs> the word gaslighting, gaslighting. Uh, the onboarding was one that became uh, very popular years ago. <clears throat> onboarding. Uh, yeah. Bots. There's just a lot of words that get thrown out that you just do. Do I really know what this means? Uh, cap. That's that's uh, no cap, John. No cap. No cap. Uh, here we go. Adam Schefter reports that doctors concluded today that Jimmy Garoppolo does not need foot surgery. It's not a Liz Frank. If rehab goes smoothly, he could have a chance to return in seven to eight weeks making him a potential playoff contributor. The 49ers have five games left. The wild card round is six. So the seventh week would be the second weekend of the NFL playoffs. At this point, the Niners are not trending towards having a first round bye. Can I be, <clears throat> I don't want to sound negative on this one, but just put on my big J hat. Adam Schefter is very close, I think, with the, you know, Don Yee. And there's a level of when you had told me off air 
even though it was a public comment that Greg Papa said after the game that it's believed that he had a Liz Frank injury when we were just told his foot was broken, right? If I break my hand or break my leg in sports, that is not that crazy. Whether you play any major sport, if I just say you break your leg, that's not like, oh, he's going to be okay, right? Unless you're like a 40-year-old pitcher or a quarterback, you'd be like, ah, wonder if he'll want to come back from that. But any player like under 35 breaks his leg, breaks his arm, you're like, he's going to be fine. When you say Liz Frank, I kind of got the heebie-jeebies yeah. for him because I was like, I know the way in the NFL people think about that that injury, and when you factor in with his other injuries, I think he's going to be like a $2 million player in 2023. That word is really bad. Why? Because I remember evaluating guys when I first got to the NFL that were coming off Liz Frank. It's like, can we really trust this guy? You know, And, and it was a six-month recovery. And I think they... To me, this is more about Jimmy Garoppolo and his future, I think, coming from Shefty, who's our guy. I love Adam, and he's a true Big J. And Jimmy's camp getting it through Adam. This is my educated guess than it is, like, from the 49ers angle, right? Because eight weeks, they're fucking consumed with the next 11 days. I'm not saying this, but they want it out there. He does not have a list, Frank. And I think Kyle, who owed it to Jimmy by the way that he handled it, was pretty quick to say that the other day like we we're not sure it's a list frank i'm not saying that's not the case but i think you want to poo that immediately because it kind of got out there and uh that would be really bad you know it just is it's like there are certain things like a broken leg or a broken arm is worse than knee tendonitis or he, you know he's got a ucl soreness i mean there are certain things that are like whoa right like i think odell's going through it right now clearly they don't think his knees are right Right, it's not like yeah, well, the Cowboys said we don't want him. Basically, he's not yeah, he's like not go to the Mav, go to the Mavs game. So I I think Jimmy's camp and rightfully so are just trying to do damage control. He does not have a Liz Frank. Again, not trying to be negative, Nancy. I don't expect well, to see Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. Yeah, um, I don't season. think it's ne- I don't think it's negative. He because the 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 motivation for getting it out there, you could be nailing it. And also, if he's not getting surgery, then he doesn't have a Liz Frank, right? And a, a break could be a two-month injury, right, which is eight weeks. I think the other part of it, Jimmy's had an interesting run for a lot of reasons with the Niners. But one part that we talked a lot about in the offseason, but now it's kind of, you know, it ended once he came back to them, was that there there was, they were not working together throughout the whole offseason, right? Jimmy's decision to get surgery, the position that put the Niners in, um, those were two they were not on the same team throughout that. Jimmy was on Team Jimmy, as you should be when you're about to be a free agent or you're trying to force a team to release you. And the Niners were on Team Us, as they should be. What would you consider training camp when he was kind of around but not going to the meetings? It was still a little I think like a he, hybrid model. Hybrid, but definitely more still the split, right? If you're not going to the meetings, I'm on my team, you're on your team, you don't expect me to be on your team. I said my goodbyes. Uh, and you said your goodbyes. So we've all said goodbye. So we're just waiting for the the moving truck to come move my stuff out of the spare bedroom. Yeah. But, but what happens if Garoppolo is kind of cleared or the Niners think he can play and Garoppolo's agent's like, well, I don't want you back on the field yet. The last thing we need to do is break this foot again. And and like Cowboys in- round two, Jimmy's cleared. I mean, <laughs> But also, it's like, well, we're here with we just made it. We if that's the case, they just survived six weeks with Brock, right? 
more than hanging on for dear life. They weren't doing that. They would have won some games that mattered. So it, I, to me, it kind of sets up the potential. And maybe they're just banking like, guys, are we really going to be going to the NFC championship game? And this even becomes a story. Stranger things have happened. But all, what this kind of signals to everybody is, all right, everybody, circle back in seven, eight weeks. And if they're still playing football, then then it becomes a story again, which is fine. It's not a it's not a problem. But, you know, it kind of calls if it's not true and they're still playing football in seven to eight weeks, then it's going to come up again. Yeah, I would say if they make the playoffs, it will be a conversation in yeah. whatever. Is he a week away. He will because you'd be practicing. Well, like, is there right? is there is there any chance that he could play in the wild card game? Like well, that is that would be six well, weeks. So what's yeah? But, but I'm just saying that that conversation will start right around there. And right? also at minimum, wouldn't it be like, hey, is he getting back on the practice field soon? My question. Well, well, they're not putting him on. To me, are they going to put him on any reserve? Because I I remember How many hearing Kyle say, have not on injured reserve. How many hurt guys can you have not on injured reserve? <laughs> that, uh, if you just think about this, you and I are not doctors, clearly. Having broke my toe one time, the thing they said the best way to clear it is rest. I'm like, well, how do I rest? I got to walk places. They're like, that's tough. Well, how do you rest or rehab a broken foot? Probably not do much. Let it yeah. naturally heal. Right. So he is not going to be that available, I would imagine, to stay in quote-unquote football shape. It's right. probably a little unique, this situation, right? He's not able to like still – if he had something in his upper body, he would still be able to do cardio, still be out on the practice field. This one might be a little complicated. Like, I guess where I'm sitting right now, based on just that one tweet, I would not expect him to see him again. It'll be interesting. Kyle will be asked on Wednesday that they've been updated. Like what? If he- I told you they're playing the NFC championship game, does that change the possibility that you see? I mean, I agree with you because part of it is you're doing this dance of like, so he would I, have to. Come I, back. I think if you're playing in the NFC Championship game, don't you do a like, we're sticking with Brady? You know, <laughs> I mean, he's just that yeah, means you, you've I, been playing pretty well with this right. kid. That's true. That's true. But it, there are worlds where you watch it and go, oh, we could use an upgrade if there's one available, even though the defense is playing well or running the ball really well. It would depend how it looks, but if you're there. That'd be pretty risky, depending on what Jimmy's been doing. I know. It's just how many times have we said we've seen the end of Jimmy? I'm not saying we've seen the end of Jimmy's 49er career. I oh, okay. See return. The season. Got I, it. I just don't expect him to come back. Yeah, I don't think he can. Um, but this opens a door where it looked like there was no door open before. I mean, the quarterback batteries, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo on $2 million deal, and Trey Lance on his rookie contract, battling for the backup job. <laughs> Corey says 100%, John. Jimmy G isn't coming back. Plus, we're so plus we are so far from the division round with Purdy right now. Make just make the playoffs first. I mean, guys, the 49ers could go from hosting a first round game against the Giants, Commanders, Seattle within a, less than I mean uh, seven nine days. We could be like, God, they're battling for the six or seven seat. I mean, it could change really quick here, really well, fast. I mean, they gotta. They get a little stretch here against old Tom Brady and Pete Carroll. They could flip it all on its head. Kyle Shanahan does a lot of things, none of them easy. Because it does look good when Troy and and uh, and Joe throw up that NFC like eight and four, trending the right way. But like, right. okay, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you play each other in a week, and the second the second you lose to the Seahawks, you lose that head to head tiebreaker. So 
This is, this is a little bit like early in the season, right? When it was like, God, this thing, how are they going to suck? What, what is going on? And now they're eight and four and you feel really good. Seattle's fucking seven and five. It's not quite 19 where they're both records were way better, but it basically is the same thing. You have not just, you know, flipped your season in the right way. You're eight and four. Everyone thought you were headed toward like 11 and 12 wins, but Seattle's fucking right there. Even when they're off, they throw a game winning touchdown against who knows who on the ramps. Yeah. So you thought Seattle was going to stink. You thought Washington was going to stink. They're seven and five. And by the way, the NFC, there's like nine teams fighting for eight spots. So seven and five right now, it's not the five seed, right? Seven and five is the last playoffs. Is, is 10 a lock to get in? I think so. 10 wins? 10 wins. I think so, because I don't think the Giants, the Seahawks, and yeah, like two of these teams would, or three of them, yeah, Washington, Seattle, and the Giants, those those are your seven-win teams right now. One well, the Giants play the Eagles this week, so they're going to be 7-5-1, and, and, and then, then they, they play, play the Commanders yeah. at the football team, right? Yeah. And I think the, the Niners would want the Giants. Niners. I'd actually rather see the Giants, probably, I think. But I would. Feels yeah, like they're gonna, they're gonna Washington's play. high end's a little higher. Yeah. So, uh, John, let's talk about Brock Purdy and uh, what the league thinks about Brock Purdy. Now, we know from a draft perspective what the league thought uh, when he went in the seventh round with the final pick in the draft. But you texted around yesterday. I pulled up uh, old Lance Zerline's um, draft analysis here. What, what did you hear back from people? What are the scouts saying about Brock Purdy? Well, I think it's twofold. One, a lot of my friends that are on other teams aren't a huge fan of the player. I mean, a little short guy who doesn't have a big arm is not going to usually be, you know, the go-to guy on the scout on the road, right? Yeah, yeah. Net, what every guy said is, and I got this multiple, view him a lot like their Nick Mullins that came from a higher level college football, right? Nick Mullins was dominated Southern Miss. This guy was a four-year starter at the Big 12, which is respected in the scouting community. When you're a four-year starter in a Power 5 conference, also, and you win. And was a highly recruited guy to begin with, right? Came out of a power area for high school. Big time. Big time. So I got Nick Mullins comps, and I think a lot of people tried to split it. They're like, I fucking love this guy. Like, his character is elite, outstanding, the competitiveness. A lot of people are like cocky in a good way. Like the things that you would love, like Trevor Lawrence to be talked about, like this guy, you just want to fucking be in the trenches with him. You know, Zach Wilson, like his football character, A plus, A plus, A plus, easy to see why whoever, there might've been a large contingent of them in the 49ers buildings like this guy. And then when you factor in Nick Mullins level, like athlete, because the knock on him is his size. He's small. There was a picture that I forwarded you, the 49ers tweeted out, of the quote that Brock gave after the game uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo. And just like, you know, Jimmy is not secretive. He's helped me this whole time. He's basically like, this sucks. It's Jimmy's been awesome to me. Jimmy's not the biggest quarterback. I, I would say um, from NFL standards of starting quarterbacks, he's probably in the 50th. He's somewhere in the middle, right? If anything, trended toward the other and not the high end of like large athletes. Him next to Purdy, he looks really, really big. Purdy's just a smaller player. And his arm, from someone told me that scouted him in the preseason, he thought he clearly had his strength training with the Niners. Like his arm looks slightly better. I think his knock in college was arm not great. And the one thing that happened at Iowa State, which <clears throat> I think this is going to be an argument with Will Levis, who's a much better prospect, but like he's not playing with NFL wide receivers. 
So he played with sweet NFL running backs. Brees Hall is going to be a study towards ACL this year, and David Montgomery on the on the Bears is really good. So they had a good running game, but when they had to pass, I think he would turn into like Farvian, and he threw picks in huge games, right? I mean, against Baylor, against Oklahoma. I, I'm just picking these teams. I'm not sure exactly, but I mean, these were on Fox. I mean, a lot of people watching that lost them the game in the second half. Like I, I was, I got a text from a scout that said, I went through Iowa State. He actually said, I went through Iowa State and I went through whatever Jimmy's school is, Eastern Illinois. He said, I think Jimmy clearly was a much better prospect coming out just from size, strength. But Brock, from a, a character standpoint, is everything you want. You just, a lot of coaches don't like a smaller guy that can't see, but he's really athletic and he can move. The problem is with his arm limitations, in his mind, in college, he didn't know what they were, and it kind of bit him in the ass, the, the program. Though, their head coach, who was, I think it's fair to say, has turned big jobs down over the years, was a highly sought-after guy, I think is on record as saying he's the most competitive player he's ever coached. And Matt Campbell, I think, is viewed as kind of like just a blue-collar, tough-guy coach. Like, that is not just when you get – there's certain coaches, like, that just talk, talk – like Steve Spurrier, like, it's hard to kind of – you know, decipher, like it's sometimes it's just bluster. Like when certain coaches talk, like I think he means it. And you don't just start for the guy for four years in that conference. So there are questions about the physical skills. And I think he went where he went. Most teams were not going to draft him. Let me, let me put it that way. Not based on the person. The 31 person, of them he's, a, he's a top 50 level prospect, right? And you see the way the 49er players talk about him. BCB. Wired, big cock Brock, baby. It's just athletic. Athletically, actually, he's better than Jimmy. He's faster, uh, and you saw it in the game a couple times. He's just a little – his quick twitch muscles are just a little quicker than Jimmy's, but his arm's just not quite as strong as Jimmy, who you'd yeah. say, what do you think? You know, throws about 93. <laughs> Brock's probably throwing about 90. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year – Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, 
Only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, I think what helps Jimmy is his release is quick. And I think you saw it. We'll talk about Brady. But it's always stood out about Garoppolo. It has all for, through all the ups and downs with Jimmy. The one thing that's always been clear with him is he he has modeled his release after Tom's like that. You see it. It's it's very obvious with him. And so with Brock, you know, um, what could, I went back and watched the game again today, as many people have. And, you know, on his first drive, he tried he got flushed from the pocket and he ends up outside the numbers and tries to throw it all the way back across the field into traffic it was a disaster it was a disastrous decision and there was a penalty on the play and the ball wasn't intercepted anyway and it worked out and it was fine you and i were having this conversation uh off of the pod about how many times has he been picked by the 49ers defense in practice like there because to me one of the benefits of playing the 49ers defense is not just that you get confidence if you succeed against them but also that the speed of the game should be you're not getting game speed practice, but you know if you throw an interceptable ball, Jimmy Ward or Charvarius Ward, or if you're late on a throw, Hufunga, or definitely the linebackers, right? You're not getting the pass rush, but if you don't put enough depth on a ball over the middle, like Fred Warner is just going to pick it off or knock it down or something. And I don't, I'd be curious how much that has happened to him in practice. I think it would be a good thing for it to happen to him. Like when you talk about the most competitive guy I've coached, to be competitive, to believe you belong is to think you, you know, I, I am your equal. I belong here with the rest of you. And it does worry me a little bit because I think the number one, and I said this on Sunday, as weird, it's weird as it is to say the recipe for how the Niners win hasn't changed. It's not like they just went from a quarterback who throws a bunch of deep bombs to a guy who can't, and now they have to change their offense. Uh, If you look up and the Niners run the ball five straight times to start the game with Brock, you can't just assume it's because Brock's the quarterback that they're doing that. They may do that with Jimmy. So what concerns me is that Jimmy did not turn the football over and Brock Purdy has to play the same way. He must, you know, that's a Mullins thing too. If you want to make a Mullins comp, Mullins has some playmaker in him. You know, Mullins debut, remember, was that shootout with the Rams. He threw three touchdowns, threw for almost 300 yards. He also threw three picks that day. So I go back and look at the Mullins 18 season. He was 13 touchdowns, 64%. All right, pretty good. 10 picks. Yeah. You can't have, you just, that is, and and it's tough. How do you tell a guy don't do this when all of that is what has gotten him to this point? That's really hard. I have a hard time blaming a player who's done all of this stuff that has got him to this point. Part of it is he's been a playmaker. And now you're saying, Hey, sometimes don't do it. Cause guess what? Sometimes you need him to do it. He made some really good throws in that game. Some, th- some tight window throws, some gutsy throws, some ballsy throws, some throws that a scared quarterback can't make. He made them. 
He got out of the pocket on the move, believed he could make a play, and he made a couple of plays. So you may just have to live with it, and it does increase the pressure on your defense, all that kind of stuff. When they started calling him Big Dick Nick, like I always took that not Nick because Foles, uh, when, Eagles, uh, one Nick's like six six, so that might just it might not be like they're just saying that because that's a, a truth, right? When they see him in the shower, and, and two Nick Foles, if you've ever met him is not like some quarterbacks walk in and they just kind of have this cocky bot, like just this bravado, like Dilfer has that, you know I mean? Some guys just got that far Rogers kind of has it, you know, and some guys are just kind of even keel cool. And I think Nick's kind of like that. I always thought they called him that just because they felt like he would make a big throw in the game on top of, again, he might have that pack and heat in the shower Yeah. to me when they call him or Kittle's calling him big cock Brock, I think that's because he carries himself as this Mr. Irrelevant, like, hey, motherfuckers, not only do I belong, I'm good. Now, it's weird. I don't think – well, I think the guys like him. I don't think he's going around, like, telling people I'm going to kick your – like, I can play. But I think guys – again, football locker rooms, a lot like the Animal Kingdom, like, you kind of sniff out the guys that are kind of insecure and don't belong and kind of frauds. And you you see the way the players kind of act about it. And then you realize, especially in the Niners locker room – Every a lot of different personalities, but as we've covered now for the last couple of years, and they've been in these big games, a lot of dudes that are dudes, like I, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. You're at practice; they carry themselves completely different, right? Like Dre Greenlaw is actually, I guess he did. No, I, I think it was Fred. Was it Fred that hit Ayuk, or was it Greenlaw and the one that started that big brawl? It might have been Greenlaw, huh? I think it was Fred. Fred got attacked. You, no, you're right; it was Fred. But like Fred was the loudest. But yet those other two guys, even Al Shire, carry themselves like when they're in the game, like they will fucking knock your head off. So the toughness standpoint, like everyone's sniffing. At, and I think that's why Ayuk has really carried this. So I think those guys took his level like motherfuckers. You, you think I'm scared of you guys? That's already in practice. And then he's carried it over to the games. And he's just become when sometimes when you see a little scuffle, you're like there's 11 right in the mix because he's just like developed it. And I bet if you ask Fred and all those guys now, Jimmy and those guys that go against him in practice are like, yeah, man, this guy is just taking it to another level. He's always kind of had it in him where I think Purdy, you're fighting for survival a little bit more when you're this, when you're Mr. Irrelevant. Cause I was in the car last night and uh, Maria was like, I saw on Instagram, they were comparing him to Nick Foles. Like it's a similar story, right? Starting quarterback gets hurt. Ironically, this is the Niners second starting quarterback, but like Super Bowl level team guy gets hurt late in the season and he comes in can he lead them like Foles? And I'm like, I, I do think the Foles story, like Foles is six foot five. He's a, he was a third round pick. It's, it's, there's been a lot more Nick Foles just on teams than a seventh round last guy who's small, it, but he's not a total underdog story because he started in the big 12. And like you said, he was a big recruit. He's kind of a unique story. That's the way I would say. I, Cause he's small. He's not like coming from Sac state. That's, yeah. Like when people say he's an underdog, he's an underdog because of where he got drafted. But he'd go like, "Fuck, I lit up Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor. Like I, I beat Matt Rule." You know. <laughs> well, I think he, and I think Foles is this way too. And different guys, it works for them differently. For being the last pick, Brock's thing, it doesn't seem like I don't really know him, but the sense you get, it's not chip on the shoulder, right? It's kind of 
quite, I just believe in myself. It does. It's not, I was the last pick chip on my shoulder. I remember when he got drafted, they do down Coronado Island in Southern California, the yeah, last the pick they have a parade for him. I remember watching, it's like this nine minute video. I think the Niners posted it back in like back months ago of Brock. And he's just like, you know, they do all this random shit. You're having a good time. They put you on a boat. They have a little parade for you. They take you to breakfast. It's kind of goofy, but uh, he just embraced it. He was having a good time with it. And, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, I thought just a good window into his personality. Did you just go to the, Ma- the Giants? I know. I tried not to interrupt just for the segment. John Heyman tweets that Aaron judge appeared. He wrote Aaron twice. He has tweeted this three minutes ago. And then 30 seconds ago, Aaron judge appears headed to the giants, which I didn't believe for a second was going to happen. Well, now, then, he delete, then he deleted. Did he delete both of them? Yeah. Does appears headed to the Giants? Here be my question. Does the agent say, John, tweet he appears headed to the Giants and then delete the tweet? But then I saw Susan Slusser buzzing in the lobby as judges going to the Giants. Are they is that is that judges people trying to get one more push for the Yankees to pay? When do you get that report? He appears to be headed there. But it's not done yet. Why would any? Why would that ever get out? Well, the only reason that would get out is because somebody wants something else to happen, right? Or it happened. There's one of two scenarios. Yeah, Buster we'll see. It. Yeah, no, I mean, no one's. Everyone's saying the same thing. But Giants have. Giants say they have not heard on Aaron Judge. My apologies for jumping the gun. You're right. I, I think that's John Heyman. So so far we had. What do we have? We know that Judge did a video in San Francisco in which he checked into the hotel and I love Aaron, but that was not his, I mean, if that's, I mean, it was not a bad acting. It wasn't bad acting, but I thought that video was a planted person pretending like they were paparazzi to, you know, try and get the Yankees to pay Aaron, which is what ultimately I think. So now we've got John Heyman tweets, not once, but twice Aaron judge appears headed to the giants, but then deletes the tweets. Now yeah. done deal per Rosenthal, somebody said. Let's see. Let's see. I mean, I love a good conspiracy theory, so I don't want this thing to end, but I also wouldn't mind watching Judge every day. Well, I already watch Judge every day on the Yankees. Um, free eight, uh, yeah, Well, I see Rosen, Rosenthal tweeting about yeah, Andrew Heaney. Somebody has said Susan Slusser reported he decided 30 minutes ago. All right, let's, let's chase this rumor down. I saw Slusser tweet that. Uh, Susan says, Buzz, apparently he made, Buzz is in the lobby as judge is going to sign with the Giants, and now she has just tweeted, apparently decision was made in the last 30 minutes. I love a good buzz in the lobby. It's like, so he made the decision in the last 30, buzz in the lobby, yeah. The same lobby where Boris said earlier today, uh, the Golden the golden Bridge is far Han and wide, apparently. I saw a tweet. But does Judge, is Judge represented by Scott Boris? <laughs> no. But Bor- I don't know. Boris has Correa, though. Uh, yeah. I, uh, John Heyman's been wrong a lot. But, but it's not just it's not just Heyman. Giants say they've not heard from Aaron Judge. But again, Aaron Judge, they could be putting together the Players' Tribune video right now. Right? Is that still a thing? I think it is, actually. <laughs> you got to give the social team time to put the video together, I think. I think the decision doesn't get made the same way it used to, you know? Yeah, maybe Tom wants a piece of it. Maybe Tom will tweet with him. They were together last night. 
Maybe Tom will come with him. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else to say on Purdy? Not I, that this impacts the 49ers, but I, I, in a scouting meeting, people like this. Like his brother's a legit player. Like Chuba? Florida State. Nat, now he's at ne- uh, Nebraska. I mean, there's a chance that he's a starting quarterback in Nebraska for Matt Rule last year. I mean, this yeah. isn't just. I just don't think he's some little engine that could the way he's going to get talked about, right? Use Nick Foles as an example. If Nick Foles had had his career at Iowa State, Nick Foles probably a first rounder. Think about Would Nick, Nick Foles, end up in the fourth at Arizona? Was he a fourth rounder? I think he was a third round pick. Third round. But they they were terrible, and, and his coach got fired. You know, and really the reason like Andy Reid liked him is because he would never give up in the fourth quarter. Like he had a lot of moxie to him. But it wasn't because he was throwing like thirty five touchdowns. His team was god awful. But if if he had done at that size at Iowa State, you know, yeah, I mean Foles is six <laughs> four, six five, right? He's huge. He got recruited to Michigan State to play. These are huge. Yeah. Oh, by the party. way, by the way, Foles. In the in the uh, Zach Wilson kind of you know grew up not with no money, but grew up a good dude and uh, pretty well grounded humble guy. Foles from a lot of cash. I think Foles Foles grew up with some money. Yeah. What did his parents do? You know, I think his dad was uh, maybe restaurant guy. So he's like one of the like you know small percentage of people that know. make it in that industry, right? That weren't we always told like ninety five percent of them fail. They say, and the five percent are like, well, if you hit, cha ching. I had a guy who uh, runs restaurants the other day. I, after I got my haircut, he was standing outside. It's a big sports fan in the Bay Area. He's like, man, this is. He's like, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. It's like, how many you got? He's like, we got five. We got five. So, so shout out to. I won't mention the place, but in San Francisco, uh, throughout the Bay Area, is this struggling or is it going good? I think some places are doing better than others. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like one one spot. The Chestnut location's doing well. Oh, that he was there to see his spot. Yeah, I always see him outside uh, on Polk, smoking a cigarette. No, just hanging. I think waiting to you know, catch up, talk some. Just catching up with like one of the other owners. I think they're just hanging out. You, you know what's crazy is once you make it in life and you own establishments that funnel you cash, you do a lot of hanging bullshit. You know, like because you don't actually like you're not keeping an eye on things. Yeah, you're just like I'll swing by. Honey, what do you do today? I got to swing by the restaurant. No, you actually don't. But I'm going to because I'm not going to sit here all day and watch fucking FIFA. Boss can't be invisible, John. No, he can't. Uh, well, De- I, I think he can sometimes. DeAnthony said, because uh, I just put up the Lance Erline, uh, shies away from tight window throws. DeAnthony says that that throw to Debo in the middle of the field was as tight as it could be. That was not the scouting report I got was he is not afraid to scout. And people like, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ball needs to come out sooner on deep shots. Wrote Zerline, confidence and consistency. Field blinders occasionally rob him of seeing the big play. Pocket setup lacks quickness. Uh, makes his way through progressions. Strong hands allow for easy pump fakes to move defenders. Generally accurate between the numbers. Confident throwing over linebackers in front of safeties. That's tough. Good toughness and anticipation as a runner. Willing to dive to move the chains. What, what was the top one? Was it four-year starter? Four-year starter, the team leader. Yeah. yeah. Is there a comp at the bottom? Sometimes they do the comps. Uh, no, but his grade graded out to uh, priority uh, candidate for bottom of the roster or practice squad. Was the, grade. the grade was a 5-5-7. Five, five, Is that grade? 5-5-7. Five, five, uh, no, actually, that grade says priority undrafted free agent. Did he have what a did, comp? Yeah, you're right. Sometimes there's comps. No comp on this one. But he nailed the pick. 
Uh, he, he had him. Oh, no, he did. That's just the result. Okay. There you go. But does the leadership thing matter? I mean, um, Brandon Ayuk, there was the clip of him on the, an episode of airing it out. Uh, which is TJ Hushmanzada, right? And Orlando Skandrick, I think, is the crew. And Brandon Ayuk said that uh, we have the clip. We decided not to play it because the audio is not great, but um, that he was very prepared with how Brock, uh, very impressed with how Brock prepared. Ayuk was very impressed with how Brock prepared. And he said that Brock had come up to him and apologized for missing a few, missing him on a few things. He said, I'm going to get better and I'm going to feed you. And Ayuk was like, ah, it's <laughs> all I want to hear. <laughs> so he made Ayuk very happy. Um, Fred Warner said, how can you not be good? He's playing against the number one defense all the time. Kittle's calling him BCB. I don't know if they're putting his face on T-shirts like they do for Mike White in New York, but it seems like it has kind of that similar, everyone wants him to succeed. How much, how far they think he can carry them, whatever, whatever, whatever. They clearly all want him to succeed. And I think everyone understands it takes more than just, it's not on Brock Purdy's shoulders for this team to succeed and fail. Well, because it definitely wasn't on Jimmy's. Even though he was having like a career year. But he definitely but, can hold them back. Like the quarterback can keep you from succeeding, right? Well, like you said, he just can't turn the ball over. So to me, if you feed them without throwing the ball to the other team, and I think these next two weeks are going to be a huge test. You're playing a – I think they're pretty good. I don't know where statistically they rank. I haven't checked. But I think they're going to be a problem for the 49ers because they're not going to be able to run the ball against this front. And then Seattle – like their defense is clearly leaking some oil over the last several weeks. But I do feel like in that environment, it's going to be a tough place to operate for a guy making a second career start. That place is going to be so fucking loud. We've already talked about it the other day with Baker. Like that, that is going to be, that's going to be a fantastic television product. Yeah. It's going to, that Thursday night game is going to be as good as it gets. So, I mean, he's just kind of going to get a baptism by fire. It's kind of crazy how fast everything happened. Did you see the clip of, uh, I think it was Johnny Holland, the linebacker coach, who was sitting there with Greenlaw, and they and like Greenlaw looks up, he's like Brock's in, and he's like Brock's in, because you know the the Nobody defense knew. just comes to the sideline, yeah. and it's not like everyone's communicating. You know the the defense it's not like is the whole game stopped and Jimmy got carted off the field either, right? Exactly, that didn't happen. The defense is not on the offense's headset, right? They're on separate channels, so it's not like they're communicating. Like, get Brock ready. You're just t- talking to your guys when the offense is off the field. All the defensive coaches are at the sideline. Uh, I think it was a little bit of a shock to everyone. I, I do wonder if this group of guys—Debo, <laughs> Ayuk, Kittle, Usechek, McCaffrey clearly just a little used to playing with just random quarterbacks. I mean, they, they have not exactly been just playing with one guy for the last six years. Think how many different guys have thrown Ayuk the ball. Like literally Ayuk, his rookie season, Jimmy. Then second year, <clears throat> they draft Trey, but Jimmy still stays. And then all offseason, he becomes best friends with Trey Lance. <laughs> because he's right, right. So George kind of did too. They thought the yeah. transition was happening. So... You could argue they're just a group of offensive skill guys who are probably more well-balanced than some guys around the league that are just kind of used to just one guy feeding them the rock and they might not, the transition would not go as well just in terms of like, how is this going to go? Like they're just used to kind of shit hitting the fan. And you would argue their their receiving numbers have never been like Devontae Adams, 140 catches. That's just, 
It's just not going to be the case for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting dynamic in that you don't just have like one guy who relies on the quarterback to f- Justin Jefferson style to feed him the ball 130 times a game. So you're right. They're used to sharing. I think they're used to having it be kind of incumbent on them to make plays. Like you're just going to get me the ball and then I got to make, you're going to throw it seven yards and then I'm going to run it for six more yards. Right. That's Ayuk's deal. That's definitely Debo's deal. Certainly it's Kittle's deal. It's definitely Juice's deal. It's definitely McCaffrey's deal, right? Like it's kind of Jennings. It's just, hey, man, at third and seven, I'm going to go seven yards plus a foot, and you're just going to have to put it wherever. I'm huge. I'll catch it. It is just a like you said, I think you nailed it. Like it's a group of offensive skill guys that know um, they understand the assignment. <laughs> and the assignment is you got to go make that quarterback better. And that's all they've done. They've done it. Like, they're confident that they can do it because they've done it many times. Several times they've done it. Well, like, if you just told Kelsey, like, Mahomes is gone for the year in, like, September, he'd be like, yeah, I'm done, too. <laughs> like, I don't want to play. <laughs> and I wouldn't even, he'd be like, what? How, how am I supposed to function? Who's going to get me the ball? It, it would rattle most high-volume wide receivers losing their star quarterback. Yeah. And the Niners have just somehow avoided for a team that paid once upon a time a guy 120 million and another guy they traded three first round picks. They never had a star quarterback. <laughs> they just they, they never have. Hell, they've never even had a top ten quarterback. And still, they've won four playoff games in three years. And it looks. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but they're in good position to be back in the playoffs and really win the division. With no top ten quarterback over that entire time, yet they've. N- compensated one and traded for one like they were going to get one, but it never happened. I don't think it works on most teams, but I I think one thing is clear with this team, having a big ego quarterback would be a problem. You know, Kyler on this team, whatever the situation with Zach Wilson is, that would be a problem. Like you understand why there was such a priority put on Trey Lance's personality. Clearly. Because introducing a really rich kid to this team who hasn't proven anything and acts like he's earned it when he hasn't would be a problem. Because it's a team of guys that, I mean, Kittle earned it. Ayuk was a first rounder, but I mean, he's been through it. Debo earned it. Jennings is earning it. Uh, Trent Williams basically was out of football and was like, I'll come back, but only if it's exactly what I know I should get. Fred Warner earned it. Like all these guys, right? It's it, it's a weird spot. Every spot is a weird spot, but a big ego quarterback would be a tough fit on the 49ers. You could argue, really, does a big ego quarterback, beside like Rodgers, who's kind of a weirdo. When I say weirdo, I mean he's just he's just different than a lot of quarterbacks. I don't really think it flies anywhere. You know, because the highest paid two best quarterbacks in Allen and Mahomes actually kind of feel like low ego guys with their teammates. And the way they just operate with the guys. Think about Zach Wilson. The guys flipped on Josh Wilson or Zach Wilson and hated him. We're all like rookies. None of them have proven anything. Sauce Gardner's like, this is awesome. Garrett Wilson, who's been in the league for like seven games, like, fuck yeah. Elijah Moore, year two, like, thank you, Jesus, is kissing the football. I, I think it's a pretty natural reaction in the sport of football that like, Unless you were an all-time great player like Rodgers, you can get away with it. Most quarterbacks, especially guys like under 30 and don't have like a decade, like you kind of got to fall in line and just be a good guy, like be a good teammate. People, everyone shifted on Kyler Murray so fast. 
And, and he's clearly like very talented. And hell, he led him to the playoffs. And people just don't like him. Yeah, I, I think that's an underrated part back to the Purdy thing. And if I was a GM, I would never, ever draft a quarterback with questionable character. I just, I just don't think it's worth it. To me, you could argue that's just a non-starter. Like it's, you could argue it's the guy borderline has, it's an unfair judgment of the individual. Like he has to be that good. Did you see the Heisman finalists? TCU guy, Caleb, Stenson Bennett. Uh, who's the Stroud. fourth? Yeah. It's all quarterbacks. Uh, Desmond Howard tweeted, this looks like the Davey O'Brien award. Um, I'd imagine it's the same crew of guys for Davey O'Brien award, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> maybe Penix will be in there for the Davey O'Brien just because he led the nation in passing. Um, but I remember a buddy of mine telling me one time a few years ago, who, a guy who played in the league for several years, he was like, you know, quarterbacks can be a little awkward. He was like, a lot of quarterbacks are awkward. And the reason they're awkward is because that they always think everybody's looking at them. And the reason they always think everybody's looking at them is because a lot of the time everybody is looking at them. And so for some guys, they can follow them after their playing career. They just don't quite fit in all the time. You know, I think everyone always assumes the quarterback is the most like guy and the leader. But part of that is a projection that you put on a quarterback because that's the quarterback's role. And so every guy tries to kind of play that role, but every guy isn't that guy. And so when you have a quarterback that knows how to fit in, it's a I think it's a unique skill. We assume they all can, but it's they're like anybody else. It just just because you have the skill set, the physical skill set doesn't have mean you have the emotional skill set. And you know, I, I don't know that it means anybody plays any harder for Brock or anything like that, but I think it makes his job a little bit easier, right? It gives me honestly a little bit more faith in him that I do think it's authentic that they believe in him to whatever degree, whatever his, like they believe that they can go to war with him. Right Agreed. now. It doesn't mean he's not going to throw a backbreaking pick. It doesn't mean he can make the throws that Jimmy can. It. I also think the other thing with him that's impressive and it has to impress them. Like being the last pick, being a rookie quarterback, it's one thing to be a backup quarterback to have the game he had the other day. I think to be a rookie quarterback and have the game he had the other day is a little different. If he'd been in the league for three years and had that game, that'd be a little, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But to be a rookie and be toe to toe, like it was him versus Nate Sudfeld and he won. You got to just be, I don't know, you've got to be, you got to be a hard worker. You got to be smart. I, I would think to be a rookie quarterback and be able to step into that spot, I, you've probably shown some people some things. When I heard that after every practice, or maybe it was after every meeting, that Brock, Greasy, and either Slowick or Kubiak, one of the two, go over every play from practice that Jimmy ran of the game plan. Because obviously he's doing the yeah. scout team, so the only way he doesn't get the physical reps, so the only way he gets the reps of the game plan is mental reps. And... They've been doing that all season. And I think the guys, one thing in an NFL locker room, like where you're drafted and making a team early on in your career, you do gain respect. Like if you make the team as an undrafted free agent, like I bet a lot of guys on the team respect the shit out of Jordan Mason, right? Like that's hard to do. Come in, make the team undrafted free agent, have the coaches and just be good. Now, once you establish yourself, like you're where you're drafted, like 
Fred Warner's just a star. Like we don't talk that often. Like he was a third rounder. No, he's just established four or five year pro, one of the best players in the league, right? But those first couple of years, like, God, how's he doing? You know, this guy overcame a lot because he was not guaranteed when he showed up, right, in OTAs or rookie minicamp to make the team when you're the Mr. Irrelevant. Anytime you're drafted, like clearly there are people in the building that like you, but there are no guarantees. You then still have to perform. You still have to understand and take in the information. You have to do well in practice, in weird situations, and limited reps, and then you got to do well in the games, in these preseason games when you're playing with who knows who. Guy, he was taking the backup reps to Trey Lance by, I think it was the second preseason game, right? Remember when Brock Purdy came in before Sudfeld and it became a story? I think yeah. we did a podcast. We like, God, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. So he proved a lot quick. And that I think that's all any general manager or coach wants out of their later round guys that they just like fucking pedal to the metal, yeah. you know, and just really impress you and, and do so much where I can't either get rid of you or or the conversation at first. It's like, yeah, this guy, they drafted him probably thinking good practice squad guy, good guy to have around, develop and get a quarterback to like, is this guy going to be our backup quarterback? Yes, it turned out. And then Jimmy just happened to, like they, to your point, they were going to start the year with him as their backup. Yes. If not for Jimmy's return. It is, uh, we're doing this live. It's 247 Pacific. I got a, Somebody just told me, I think baseball wants an announcement around 6.30 tonight for Judge. The Yankees don't know his decision yet. Why did they? Why, why does baseball care about the announcement? Uh, good question. I don't know. This is just what I've been told. Yankees don't know his decision. Yankees offered 324 before, and then Giants got to 360. I think the Giants will go to 400. That's just what I just received. That'd be pretty nuts. <laughs> like the only reason he's signing with the Giants is if they offer him a lot more money, right? They got to account for the tax differential. So they have to offer him a lot more than the Yankees are offering. Why would it be like, oh, he's coming home? Like, yeah, and he got paid a lot more money. Taxes in New York are pretty high too, though. Yeah, but there's still a difference. Like it's still hot. You still, you know. Is California higher than New York at the end of the day once you factor everything in? Because I saw someone breaking it down like New York has a city tax that ends up working to about the same thing. My point ultimately is like... I'd be like, hey, is Texas involved? (laughs) You know, like, uh, could we get to like 320 in Texas? I'd be good. Rom, who started like seven games in the last three years. Anyway, they'd be interested in me. I just set an American League home run record last year. Someone get uh, Mark Davis in Vegas? Vegas interested? Uh, The Miami Marlins? Like, I... 350, I'm your guy. Fuck, Steph's getting taxed at the wazoo, and he just built a fucking mansion. Uh, all right, something to watch. Matthew says, uh, Kyle versus Todd and Byron Left, which is like buying a chocolate glazed at Krispy Kreme. Easy, tasty, and fun from time to time. <laughs> I don't need enough Krispy Kreme to get that. <laughs> it's a win for sure. Uh, I mean, well, we got Eli Manning said something the other day. I put it on the uh, YouTube short actually but i want to talk about that on thursday but let's just talk about tom brady for a second (laughs) brady versus purdy this is the america's game of the week this is the number one game on fox so a lot of eyeballs are going to be on it i don't know how many eyeballs you think but uh 26.5 yeah it'll be big uh tom brady's return to the bear is coming and um maybe he'll be a niner again what he did or again for the first time 
what Brady did on Monday night, I went back and watched it again today. Just, it's like, I don't know if you saw, do you see the Packers getting their ass kicked by the Bears? And then, of course, because it's the Bears, Rodgers brings them back. Brady almost threw a pick on the first play of the, of the drive, of this, of not the game winning drive, but the second drive. The one that skipped to the guy's hands? Yeah, skipped. Um, and uh, after the game, as he's celebrating, listen to uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. I know why a guy like Brady, who at 45 in his 23rd year, won't retire. It's games like this. No question. No question. You don't get that in this broadcast booth. <laughs> Troy's like, hey, bro, if you could keep playing like this, I would keep playing like this. Well, the other thing Tom would say, well, you guys don't get $325 million to call games either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) Uh, yeah. Beside the last two drives, which the last drive was incredible. Like that was peak Tom Brady right down the field. Mastro in complete control, milking the clock. I mean, it was it was under 25 seconds. He wasn't even sweating. Dennis Allen's ass was puckering up right next to it. He had to call timeout. And he threw two game-winning touchdowns, right? Because the holding delays the one to to uh, to Goodwin or Godwin. There was a sweet pass, was. which was, was actually more impressive than the actual pass that won the game, right? Put that thing right in there over the defender. It was I, I audibly screamed when he made that pass. Uh, but... He did look pretty pedestrian a lot of the game, and people are like, "What was it? O line?" Yeah, I watch a guy, and no one wants to get hit. He was like, "I am at my age, I'm not taking hits." So, like, when he feels pressure, he goes down. He made throws for the first time that I'm like, "This is one of the first games that I've watched, kind of start to finish, where I went." He had showed some pedestrian signs of just, but he's shown them for years, hasn't he? Yeah, but this was. Now they've the Saints have matched up well against them over the years, and really Dennis has been the defensive coordinator that whole time. So you could argue that's just that's a matchup they've got him. Fuck, we just saw him against the Niners. They were peppering Jimmy. Like clearly that defense is playing pretty well. But I my my take like 85 percent way through the game was like I think he's just over football. Yeah. Well, I don't. I saw. I didn't watch the clip. I don't know if you saw. Did you see Collins' take was like he's not over football. He's over the Bucks. I saw that on Twitter today, which I, I, I've always thought it was weird that Tom Brady went to the Bucks, but he won a championship. But I do believe now Tom is already 45. He said he wants to play till he's 45. I just think when you hear Troy Aikman's voice there, if you're Tom, you know, if you think you still got it, why walk away now? What do you walk? If you think you still got it, Fox, if you tell Fox, like, no, 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 run Greg Olson back next year, I'll come the next year. What are they going to say? So I I do think Tom would want to be a Niner. I do think he would. Now whether they want him whatever that's a we can have that conversation another time. But this guy's this is this guy's coming back to the Bay Area now on Saturday or Sunday in a huge game. Tommy Senior will be there. <laughs> and uh I, I, see, I think I'm not as, I'm not as confident on that that he'd want to be a Niner. Yeah, I'm just not as confident because I think pe- people that know him, he's got a son that lives in New York, so being on the East Coast is important to him. Uh, I don't know. I, I I am not confident. I'm not confident that he doesn't, but I don't think it's just, 
you'd have to get is that that's a sappy at 46 years old with his parents you know coming down the home stretch obviously his mom has been sick he'd move to san jose be the quarterback for kyle like i you know, I, I, that's a pretty like ultimately up, like a lot of people have, you know, moved from the Northeast down to Florida. It's, it's a relatively easy move for the elites, right? I mean, a lot of rich people do it back and forth. The California would be a pretty massive move for the guy's life, I, I would say. And not just California, Northern California. He spent some time in LA with Giselle. They had a huge house. I do think it's a pretty big commitment for him. It's a, it's a pretty big change. I, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I'm not, don't, the, the, the offense too is it's it's a it's a little different than what he's done sure. moving around. It's it's just I just think if he wants to keep playing, they would be on a short list. I believed it strongly years ago, and it was clear we've been proven right. The Niners just were kind of out because they shorted his age. Yeah, which a lot of people around the league were doing, and they were wrong. <laughs> like if they could do that over again, obviously they just would have signed him, but. uh you could argue, I mean, he's 40, he's going to be 46 guy and he can't move in an offense that is like, ultimately the 49ers strength is kind of Kyle's offense, like offensively, right? It's his play calling in this offensive structure. He would have to dramatically change the offense, which is a positive. You should always be growing, but Tom does limit, which is crazy to say, I know I'm talking about Tom Brady who just could have won the MVP last year. I, I just – we're now like four years removed from when they could have had him. That's a, And he was yeah. 43 or 42, right, at that time, which I think was understandable when they told Wes, like, yeah, we just – we're not into him, which was wrong. But I, I think – is it a more acceptable answer or are you just not allowed to answer it because you were wrong in the last time if he, if he goes, guys, I want in? I, I'm kind of torn on it, I guess. Yeah, I, and part of it still depends on, like, what do you really internally think of Trey? What is Trey's health? But, you know, you on Sunday asked the question, have any two quarterbacks on the same team ever broken their ankles in the same year? And why is this happening? And, you know, I had some theories about calcium intake and do they have the right milk and that kind of thing. But I was thinking about it watching Brady last night. And so I looked it up. Who gets rid of the ball the fastest in the NFL? And who do you think the answer is? Thomas. Thomas. Thomas Brady. Tom Brady. 2.29 seconds. By, by like a wide margin. Second place is Trevor Lawrence, 2.48. The gap between first and second, and then everybody else is kind of together. And both quarterbacks for the Niners got hurt running. I don't think either quarterback is a comfortable runner, right? Trey clearly has run a lot, but I don't think Trey is a comfortable runner, as we've talked about a lot. And I thought that his first year, that he was uncomfortable as a runner. Jimmy is not uncomfortable necessarily but it's not his thing that's not what he's there to do one way to avoid breaking your ankle while running is to never run and tom doesn't run tom doesn't run qb power and tom certainly doesn't do what jimmy tried to do outrun two dudes not only outrun guy stiff arm to separate himself from multiple pass rushers <laughs> they weren't like you know it was just He's bringing the safety on a blitz. Jimmy's bigger than him. No, it's fucking Bradley Chubb and Phillips who went. Both those guys are first round pass rushers. First round pass rushers yeah. engulfing him. Yeah. Because I saw Grant Cohn had a take on Twitter. I got. I, I agree with them. Like, it's not Jimmy's fault that he broke his. Like, obviously, Jimmy didn't want. But he did put himself in a position when a guy's coming right at him. Then instead of taking off when you can't outrun him, 
if you just hit the ground, he just touches you right and you're down. That's what Peyton Manning would have said. I, I agree with that take. That's why I said I now maybe it would have been grounding and you're in field goal range. And I saw somebody say he's trying to get back in the field goal range. If you just decide I'm never it was the it first hit, drive of the game. It was the first drive of the game, but they're already down seven nothing. True. <laughs> and uh he tried but, to run away slash stiff arm into another guy. I mean yeah, it was I mean it's just, <laughs> I respect it, but he's thrown the ball away four times, John. He has thrown the ball away four times this year. It's the same number as Jameis. That's four. It's four. I think him and I think that's one more than uh uh who's the Bailey Zappy. Bailey Zappy has three throwaways. Jimmy's got four. He doesn't throw the ball away ever, which means he takes hits. Hashtag playmaker, bro. And and guess, you know what happened the week before against the Saints? He took a bunch of hits. He takes hits. So why do when you ask why do the next quarterback get hurt? They take hits. We could start with that. Well, think about some of Jimmy's major injuries. The ACL, didn't he lower his shoulder on contacting his Kansas City on the sideline? Uh, yeah. this injury was somewhat self-inflicted. Not all of his fault with McGlinchy getting smoked and no one blocking the guy, but once they're coming at you, it's incumbent on you to hit the ground. Um, his injury last year slammed into the ground. I wouldn't totally put that on him. Ankle injury. A lot of it has been running away, trying to keep plays alive when you're just not Lamar Jackson or Josh. Well, Allen. how did Tom get hurt? Just standing in the pocket trying to make, they literally play. changed the rule. You're not allowed to hit the guy low like that anymore. Uh, Green Glassful said, you skipped my super chat. I didn't forget it, but since John just mentioned it, let's uh, mention for $2. Uh, apparently, you can say whatever you want. He says, Cone is whack. Very whack. Agreed? I disagree with that statement. I don't think Cone is whack. I, I, I just, I can't have everyone that I consume in the media say the same shit. So I need people on the other side to entertain me. Like at this point, to me, the media serves as an entertainment vehicle for me. And so many of them stay in the same lane and they bore me. He <laughs> makes me laugh or like say this fucking idiot. But that that is very healthy for my mind. I, I enjoy him. You people will remember this. But back in the day, you and I used to do some television. You also witnessed him almost get killed by Kinlaw. <laughs> I did see that. I didn't know what I was watching. Uh, at first, I thought it, I thought they knew. I thought they knew each other well. <laughs> um, but uh, you and I people don't know this, but you and I go. Uh, back with with uh, with Lowell as well. We used love to love Lowell. It's just <laughs> every time I see Grant, I'm like, "How is? Please tell Lowell." I said, "Hello, man. How is Lowell doing?" Um. So yeah, my, my dad always I'm told the story. Man. I don't remember this, but he Lowell wrote an article when they were going to build Pac Bell Park. You know, like this would have been probably 98, 99. He wrote for the San Francisco Chronicle. I'm pretty sure at the time where he basically spent the night sat where the park was going to be and just like how cold and miserable it was going to be. <laughs> it, was, it was like hilarious. It was just stuff that doesn't happen anymore. That, but was now just, that is journalism, man. Yeah. It was like in the nineties. That, that, that's what we grew up on the articles, you know, in sports sections that just don't exist anymore. You know? Oh God, that shit. I love. And, I and, and I think Lowell like Grant is just so much different and it's just very refreshing to me. You well, know, he yeah, is yeah. Grant is low. I mean, like you're like, yeah, that's his kid. Like, yeah, I yeah. can see why he how he thinks the way he thinks because he has a different point of view. Which M- is maybe great. I view Grant like why I enjoy him so much just because I I feel like I know the family. <laughs> Spent so many days at at Comcast yeah. with his dad. Niner games bullshitting with his dad. His dad truly like Lowell really likes football. Like talking to football coaches. Like 
but in, in like an abstract way, it was just unlike anything I'd ever experienced. Well, I think what's fascinated by everybody Harbaugh. does interviews, everyone on their mother, us, you know, we do interview everyone. And a lot of times you watch an interview, the person asking the question is trying to show how smart they are. And Lowell, I, what I love, like it's, it's a very simple thing. If I don't know the answer, that is the question I will ask. And I won't pretend to know the answer. I will just ask the question in a very authentic, my goal here is to get an answer to this question. Now, sometimes the goal is to get a rise is to make a point, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just a, fu- it is a fundamental in a world where the fundamentals have been uh, uh, maybe lost a little bit. I think Lowell, one of Lowell's great performances, if you want to check it out, is Kaepernick post-game press conference, Oakland Raiders. H- him and him and Lowell have a good That's, little... Is that the day Colin did something like at halftime? Go on, did he and like C.O. Moore do, get into something at halftime, going in the locker room or something like that? Yeah, and if you remember, uh, I'm sure Mark Bedane does, the Raiders going into that game had one win. So uh, and the and the Niners were fighting to get into the playoffs. So that was Harbaugh's uh, last year. Harbaugh's last year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colin was, you know, not Mister Smiley, and Lowell was in Big J mode, and it was just. I think it starts the press conference. You just type in Colin Kaepernick, 2014 Oakland Raiders at the Coliseum. Okay, I think you were. We were all there. That's the famous picture of. I probably when, left. I, I didn't have to be there anymore. When Jim had the chipped tooth, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and just so everybody's clear, I don't follow people like putting stuff in the chat. I don't follow internet beefs. I could care less. Uh, I just, I just know what I like. Um, all right. There was the Brady thing. How, by the way, how about John Robinson, GM of the Titans, who are good, getting fired on Tuesday, December 6th? He signed an extension this year. Now, many Thank people you. on the internet and you immediately caught. Well, does it have anything to do with A.J. Brown roasting them three days ago? That's a weird story. Signed through 2027. <laughs> Signed through 20. Wow. So he's getting paid. Yeah. When I was in Nashville, uh, when did I go? September, like right before the season, right right after the cuts or whatever, right before week one. We were staying in a hotel. It's kind of connected to a convention. The Titans did their season ticket kickoff dinner. You know, or it wasn't even dinner. It was like breakfast, lunch. It was probably, you know, from 10 to noon. And when we were walking by to go get like a, you know, like a brunch look and Robinson with the owner are just BS. Like it's a crowd of probably hundreds of people. He's leading it. I think she has professed how much she likes the guy. Now I'm biased. I've known him since Fresno State days. He's been just cool to me. When you worked for Pat Hill at Fresno State, he was coming through. John was coming through as a scout. Yeah, he was. Uh, he he came up through Belichick. He was like uh, Belichick became Belichick's college scouting director, uh, and obviously he's been the Titans. I think he's had six straight winning seasons as the general manager. Like the Titans, I don't know, go to the playoffs every year. It can't just be as simple as the AJ Brown, the Phillies fans screaming "fuck you" to the owner about. <laughs> Which is weird because they're the ones that got AJ Brown. Explain that. I didn't see that video until you told me. The, the Eagles play the Titans. The Eagles owner, or the sorry, the Titans owner is in a suite, and the Eagles fans are all screaming at him, mocking. Yeah, basically, F you, as he is eviscerating the Titans. Multiple touchdowns, 100 plus yards, I think eight or nine. And he's having a. We talked a lot about Tyreek. 119 and two touchdowns. I think AJ Brown's having like. I don't know how many all pro wide receivers, but he's having an all pro like it's season. hard. I mean, yeah, there's there's Jefferson's gonna it have feels like there's five all pro wide receivers in the league this year, right? Yeah. 
Jefferson, AJ, Devontae, Tyreek. Diggs. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean someone's gonna get someone's gonna get left <laughs> someone's gonna get left out uh at a position. I did sucks. you say Tyreek? Tyreek, yeah. Two guys that were traded. You see Watson? I mean he's got seven touchdowns in like four games. Who? Uh Christian Watson, the dude. Oh, oh yeah, there. Christian Watson is playing. It's coming on fast. You know Mari Cooper has seven touchdowns. I think it would get suck to like I think John Robinson. I don't think I know. He I think he's from Tennessee. Loved living in Nashville. Their team was good. Remember, he fired, I forget the coach's name, but he's just some random lifetime assistant to hire Vrabel after they had made the playoffs. Uh, Malarkey. Malarkey. I I don't know this. My guess is, is there a chance, again, a chance that Ohio State had been sniffing around Vrabel after what happened last week, Mm -hmm. has an offer like Lincoln Riley on steroids, let's just say $150 million all said and done. Mike doesn't actually want to be the Ohio State coach, but he uses that to, I assume these guys were buddies. But clearly in the history of the league, it it's rare that just a GM and a head coach just go kumbaya for too long, right? One guy always wants more juice. And, and it, honestly, it could be as simple as this was a Belichickian move somewhat by John and Mike just didn't want to get rid of AJ. Again, I it, I don't know why Mike wouldn't jump in front of that bus, but yeah, remember, I mean, remember that night you and I talked, or maybe the next day we like watched Mike Vrabel's press conference. Like he was pretty, he looked like he was seeing ghosts. So maybe he wasn't quite pre- like I do remember that. Maybe you just never forget that. And then he kicks your ass. Like the timing kind of is kind of crazy, right? Well, if you if you had one of those conversations, like John, this better work. Well, he took Traylon Burks, who's been in and out of the lineup. Yeah, he recovered he's a, a fumble rookie. in the end zone the other day for a touchdown. He fumbled in the end zone? Somebody else fumbled. He recovered it. Because there was a clip that went viral of Vrabel like, hey, because I guess Burks maybe missed a block. He's like, I know you missed that block, but we all make mistakes. You made the play, like kind of trying to pump him up. Like, I wonder if they're just like, we went from an alpha dog in A.J. Think, Brown to a guy I think he's been a big developmental project. No. I remember uh, they had think a about fourth round rookie getting snaps over him, and like maybe that. Do you think there was something going on there? Now in hindsight, they had a fourth round. Was it the fourth or fifth round receiver from UCLA? I think who was getting snaps over Burks in camp. Was that kind of the coaching staff saying to the front office, like, "This is this is your seriously? You got rid of AJ Brown for this guy?" I think what makes and it then really Debo awful. didn't get tra- that's the other thing. Then Debo didn't like Debo then resigned. Like Debo resigned, DK resigned. So of the three of them, only AJ forced his way out. DK and Debo both their teams played hardball and they stay. Or DK didn't even have to play hardball with them. No, and remember AJ kept tweeting about it throughout the year, like, stop fucking talking shit to me. I wanted to be here. They would not. I, I made them a I was cool with signing the contract. They wouldn't sign the contract. Maybe it's just as simple as like John tried to do a Belichickian move and it really blew up in his face. Even though totally it didn't. Like they're seven and five. They're gonna win the division by several games. Like they're gonna have a very successful but year. But they can't like they Vrabel came from the Patriots. The standard is we win championships. He knows they cannot. The Titans are incapable of winning the Super Bowl this year. Incapable. They probably can't get out of the AFC. I mean, they probably can't win a playoff. They might not get to the AFC championship game. (laughs) Yeah. So at some point, it's like, this is all well and good, but it's all hollow, man. It's like being Penn State perpetually. Maybe Mike just becomes the GM head coach. 
which I think would be pretty crazy, but it feels like it would be on the table now. Well, right? What are they going to do? It, it's it's done now. I mean, he's the way they're situated now. You can't. No GM is coming in to be his boss. Well, I know this. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. I am more interested than see anyone else in the NFL. Like, what's Mike Vrabel going to say tomorrow? It's pretty bizarre. You're seven and five. You're winning again. December sixth, GM gets fired. Unless something off the field happened, which yeah, I think would have come out by now. But of, I mean, that's the one thing because even if you can't work together anymore, but you think like I can't trust you. I need somebody else to start scouting, getting ready for the draft. It's not going to be you, so you got to go. Maybe they just had an. Maybe there's an argument. Like it's always been kind of bubbling, and then they have a screaming match, and it's over. I like John. I'd take Mike in that argument. I mean, how tall is John? Big, big, big dude. Yeah, pretty big. I mean, Mike's huge. Vrabel's, yeah. Did you see the photo of Brady? You saw the photo of Brady and Judge. And I, I almost tweeted this, but I, whatever. Um, but you and I have always had this conversation. I do think we've talked about it. I want to reiterate it. I think one of the most underrated things in sports is how tall most quarterbacks, how big quarterbacks are. And we, you and I have talked about it ever since we go on the field pre-Raider games. And it's like, here comes Peyton Manning, who's a fucking truck. Here comes Carson Palmer, who's an absolute hoss. You see the picture of Brady? He is not, I mean, he's listed at 6'4", and Judge is listed at 6'7", and, and you know, Tom's wearing cleats, but he is eye-to-eye with Aaron freaking Judge. Like, Tom is a big dude, man. I think Tom's closer to 6'6", six, six and 6'4". Six, he you? is big. You think so? 6'6"? Six, six? I think he's, yeah. Maybe. I think he's I think he's 6'5", and, and maybe a little change. And hair, yeah. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, the beard, the hair, like it, it works. Because as people alerted me, Tom is fake. Like certain guys, like Tom is fake hair. You know, it's his hair though. Yeah, but when you get when you get plugs, while it is your hair, it's not supposed to be there. Like Jordan Spieth now has good hair. Jordan Spieth was going bald five years ago, so it's like, you know, if you have good hair, Elon Musk. Elon Musk was bald in like 2002, and now he's just got a full head of hair. It's like, yeah, it's good head of hair, but. Andy Dalton's like, that's you. That is natural. That is all natural. That is, you don't ever have to have patches out of the side of your head cut in in the darkness of night so no, no one looks, sees you. Even though terrible. everyone knows that you got plugs. That's the thing about plug guy. It's like, yeah, you have a nice head of hair, but we all know. Now, Portnoy, I think, had it once upon a time. He's acknowledged it. Tom doesn't talk about it. Like, like Jordan Spieth isn't talking about it. Carl Ravage doesn't talk about that he's got a uh, thing on his head that's I, I think we need to be it's 2022 we have to be very open about that's this great stuff. but it's not your job to like out somebody for that it, you know? it is though because the this facade. is hair and there are a lot of us that are bald and this is not the Just time this is not for yourself not 1978 anymore where we're marv albert and we're faking it the i whole saw time. a guy with a piece of it it looks in person it was so and he's with a woman i'm like shouldn't you say something to him how old is the guy I mean, he was old, which you get a break if you're like, you know, late 70s. It's like you're from a different era. I get it. I just appreciate like Tom. Now, maybe he can't admit it because the surgery is so expensive. Like, remember when Erlacher, who didn't go well, but at least he tried to help his fellow man. Like, listen, the other guy was Wayne Brady Rooney. Wayne Rooney, he told everybody about how he got plugs. The soccer I player. just think that you should do solids for your people, right? Like Dion, he's trying to impact others. Tom, Tom, you have this great head of hair now. Can you let us know? 
Is it just because, well, it's $755,000? Yeah, so it's like, is he, I don't think he's staying at the Turkish resort for $10,000, like most people. But like Joe Bucks talked about it. Yeah, yeah, he wrote a book. It was in the book. It's, you know, become be relatable. Joe, be relatable, be relatable. Uh, if I got, if there were, you know, the one I would get six pack surgery, man. I would, and I'd tell all of you, I got the six pack surgery. I feel incredible. I look incredible. I just think there are things in life. Like I would say most guys are pretty comfortable. Like after they've had a couple kids, like got snip, can't have them anymore. They just like, openly talk about it. It's not one of those things people hide. <laughs> and I feel with the hair thing and obviously to get hair plugs, you have to have some money. It's not a cheap, it's not like a thousand dollars. You know, it's even that minimum. I, I think it's like 20 grand from where Yeah, I think that the, the tur- there's like a Turkish resort where everyone goes. And I've heard it's like maybe now it's to 13. No, I know 15. people that have gone to get in America, right? Well, I'm not saying I just know I've heard multiple people talk about some resort in Turkey where a lot of people go. Maybe it's cheaper there. I think it's like I've heard it's like thirteen to fifteen thousand to go to this Turkish place. And they do a good job. What do you think? Well, see, I, I just I think we need to we need to talk about improving ourselves more <laughs> that's often. Nice. That's beautiful. And and, I, and what's weird is what's bullshit about Tom. His whole life is about improvement and getting an edge and telling I people. But he I love when someone who's in that. great shape is like, "This is what I drink." You know, I do this. It's like, yeah, but I just saw your mom and your dad. They're both six five volleyball players. Like, isn't some of it genes? No, it's all this product I drink. Well, okay. Well, have, you, have you followed the Liver King? I did see that he ca- he he came out. And said that he's a steroid user, right? I saw that like a couple NFL, like maybe it was like Marlon Humphrey was like, are you fucking kidding me? I've been eating liver for the last six months. (laughs) Kind of kidding, but it's like, have you seen the liver king? Like we really thought like he was just eating liver. I think that's what's funny, right? Is he came out crying and everyone's like, yeah, we all knew. (laughs) None of us were fooled. I really looked at him the other day. He is massive. He's big. I mean, like Schwarzenegger in his prime thick. Like it's not just muscle bound; it is. But his 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 guns is he is he is large. Like there there ain't probably no one in the NFL that is just that girthy of yeah, you know. Like yeah. it is that steroid pump power lifting just to the T. How's right? his lower body? I've only seen his upper body. Well, he never wears a shirt, so I, you know. How are his calves? <laughs> I don't know. I think people have asked him, like in that community. There's a guy that actually lives in Davis, named Mark Bell, who's like a lifter guy. Okay, uh, he goes by the nickname Smelly Belly, and he created this uh, <laughs> these like bands. And he, I think he became financially well, and he's he's in that kind of world. He's been on Rogan before, like the lifting nutrition world. And he had had him on like a show. And this guy, I think part of this guy's Liver King's thing is in that community, which is clearly pretty big. The nutrition, like not just for lifters, but people eating well, has been adamant for years or ever since he's gotten big that he's never touched anything. Like that was part of like what he hammered at home. I don't do shit, right? It's all, I I eat raw livers, which clearly must have a lot of protein. Yeah, there he is. Wow. Davis, I... Davis site, him and Paul Wolf. Grass to Paul. You see, uh, UNLV just hired Barry Odom. Yeah, wh- 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 where is he from? His name's very familiar. Thought he was the head coach of Missouri. Alf- at Missouri P- played in Missouri. Was the head coach of Missouri. 
then he got fired for whoever's there now. And um, I think he might have been on Sark staff. No, he was on Arkansas staff. I've always liked his look. Just a uh, basically a career Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas guy. Midwest South guy. I don't think it's going to work. It'll be my first take. We're not up there. Yeah. They made some progress. All right. Uh, we'll see, John. As you're maybe listening to this after the fact, uh, maybe Aaron Judge has signed with the Giants by now. It's been announced. Uh, maybe Bochy's making one last run for him. Players Tribune. Maybe he's a Ranger. Who knows? Maybe he's an A. I mean, you never know. Maybe they'll step up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We'll see you soon. Later. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.